Welcome to Real Deep Stuff. We've saved your seat at the table for this conversation. We're so glad you're here. Well, we're so excited today to have you with us, Ashley. This is Ashley Hall from Architect Sports in Charlotte, North Carolina, and we are thrilled for you to be here today because this is a topic that is near and dear to my heart, which would be um, both chronic and acute pain, the mental kind of wear and tear on that, and how physical therapy plays a part in helping people get past their pain. And you are my personal physical therapist. I love you, you're my favorite one. I unfortunately have had too many surgeries that I wanna count. A big shout out to you. And we are so excited to get started to talk about chronic pain, acute pain, what is physical therapy, who should do physical therapy, all of the questions about it. So um, all I have to do is go into a Target or Walmart and go on the pain relieving aisle. And this Mm -hmm. is this giant wall of painkillers. And then you see like, the natural pain pills mm-hmm. on TV all the time. And there's just oh, yeah. this plethora of pain. So there's a lot of people in pain for a lot of reasons. And so Absolutely. let's dig into just some basics of physical therapy and yeah. the different types of pain. So welcome. Well, thank you. I'm very happy to be here. And that was an incredible introduction. I have no <laughs> well, great. Well, let's start off with talking about the difference between acute pain and chronic pain. If you could sure. just explain those for us. So acute pain is something that happens, you know, you just sprained your ankle. So acute pain is something within a couple hours, days, weeks, and really the biggest difference is chronic pain, which is anything that is three months or more. So that could be, again, three months, or it could be 10 years, 20 years. And a lot of people think the chronic pain is just the 10, 20 years and not something simple as three months. Absolutely. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't realize it. Just just three months. It's wild. It doesn't seem that that long mm-hmm. unless you're in pain. And but I think it gets discounted, right? Like, absolutely. So yeah. I think uh, there's so many different things that that play that role. And I'll say, I may or may not see a little bit more chronic pain just because people think that they can. You know, it's going to get better. It's going to go away. They try the pain medications in the aisle. You know, all that kind of stuff. But the the biggest thing with chronic pain is they've been dealing with this so long. Some people are like, I know it's not gonna get better overnight. And then some people are like, I want to get better overnight. And so with chronic pain, it just takes longer to heal. Your body's been dealing with this for a long time. And so it just takes, you know, that might be something like your body's compensating other things are starting to, you know, break down in the system, if you will. Um, But just even that one, you know, that tissue alone or that specific issue that we have going on, it just, when it's been going on for a certain while and that tissue's just chronically uh, damaged, if you will, it just takes a little bit longer to come back from it. And it's not that we can't come back from it, but you know, depending on what it's like or what, what's going on, um, it just can take a little bit longer because um, it's just, you know, has changed like their life, whether that be from mm-hmm. a surgery or something like that. But with chronic pain, especially, there are a lot of people that get emotional and mm-hmm. sometimes it's just they're not sleeping and that can play a huge role everything <laughs> especially your mental health yeah so um i see probably just as much acute as chronic if not chronic more and that again varies because again people don't always just they think oh it'll get better it'll get better mm-hmm. and then it's then they have to go and see this doc and then they try this medication or this injection and yeah you know it's been months later and then it's like okay so the difference you know with chronic pain it's not that we can't it we definitely can depending on what we got going on it's always a team-based approach sometimes it just takes longer to treat yes. 
Yes. Um, that's the, that's. Wholeheartedly agree. Yeah, I think yeah. it's harder than the acute pain. Like, yeah. like when I had bunion surgery, that was pretty yes. much, you know. Right. Kind of by the book. It's definitely harder because it just takes longer mm-hmm. for multiple reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very Whether layered. it's gotten worse and other things are involved or it just takes longer for that tissue yep. to heal. That's kind of, a lot of people aren't surprised when they hear chronic. It's just the different nuances of yeah. the chronic pain. A lot of times people associate chronic pain with like opioids or, you know, whatever it may be. Like, oh, it's just not going to get better after I've seen this, that, or the other, or mm-hmm. I got to go and see a pain management doctor. And I think mm-hmm. some of that gets a little negative connotation, yeah. you know, it's just yep. like, well, this is the last resort. And yeah. I'll say like, again, I've had pain for probably seven years and one year I was finally like, just, I can't take this anymore. I'm going to, I'm just going to start looking. And I have people in the medical world in my corner helping me find this stuff. I can't tell you how many doctors I went to before I finally found one that helped me. So I personally experienced that chronic pain stuff like that. Yeah. And that's kind of, you know, we were talking a little bit before was don't give up. You know, I know it's so mm-hmm. hard. It's mm-hmm. so hard. And that here comes, you know, the pain center right by the feeling center and it's getting emotional and it just, yeah, for sure. It's just a lot. And I see this all the time, but throw in lack of sleep, throw yep. in, you know, change in your normal routine, yep. throw in, you know, which then changes, you know, your mental, like maybe you snap at people more, more, maybe you're just generally yeah. unhappy and you're tired and it's just a crazy cycle. And so getting out of that cycle just takes a little while. So I know neither one of us are like licensed mental health counselors, Not, but, no. I'm, but I'm sure you, you feel like you're wearing that hat sometimes sure. in your job. So would it be fair to say that with someone with chronic pain, like they almost have to mentally prepare before physically prepare to like, because I know I've had chronic pain for different, my back, for instance, um, an injury when I was 15 mm-hmm. and, uh, it changed my life. And yeah. so like how I do things and things like that. And so, um, you kind of learn to just live with it and Absolutely. accept it. So maybe Absolutely. is there a mindset like that's got to switch to go, I don't want to live like this anymore. Yes. I was, I would say yes. Sometimes and I would dive a little bit deeper into that. I think on the reverse side of that is people don't realize, um, that they're in that chronic area yet Mm -hmm. and they don't realize that what it's doing to them as far as you know mentally lack of sleep all all sorts of different things they maybe they just haven't registered that yet and then it clicks and then they get you know a little emotional and then maybe things Mm -hmm. turn on in a good way for them and me personally I can say I've also had chronic pain you know and it did take a switch for me it's I would do stuff here and there and then I would just complain about it and just be upset about it. And then finally it just took me to be like, I can't live like this anymore. I've got to do something proactive. And which is crazy because I'm in the field, right? <laughs> yeah. That like, yeah. you, you wouldn't think, but you know, we're obviously, we're, you know, just not the best patients ourselves, but I think you have to want to better yourself and be open to one time to get there, but different, you know, different avenues, different possibilities. And just, I think people just don't always know what's all out there. But just know that you don't have to live that way and there will be something out there and just keep trying until you find it. I think that's the biggest thing. Yeah. Would you mind sharing with us that moment between life before and, and life after that moment of going, I want to do something about this? Like what what yeah. changed for you? Um, I think the biggest thing for me was sleep. I mean, I was in pain all the time, but it just seemed like it was getting worse and then I, it was affecting my relationships with 
people. And I, you know, maybe my work, no one ever knew that unless, you know, I talked about it. No one knew I was suffering. And so you see hear that all the time with a bunch of different things. You never know what people struggling are struggling mm-hmm. with. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, my boyfriend actually would, you know, he'd be get, of course, get a lot of, a lot of that short tempered, um, just, just kind of not happy. And, mm-hmm. uh, it, it definitely affected us a lot that way. And I could, you know, with my family as well. Um, but it was just the pain all the time was there, but just seemed like it was more like I couldn't, couldn't concentrate. I couldn't do my, my job, but I was just always, I had to modify a lot and just more so though the lack of sleep. I just, I, I distinctly remember one day just being like, I can't live like this anymore. I've got to do something. I just, there, there's no way that I can, this is it, like that I can't get mm-hmm. better. You know what I mean? You kind of hit a wall. I could, yeah, and so yeah. And obviously I'm in the field, so I have all these resources on my back, and I know that things is better. And it's not that I hadn't done anything at all in this seven years. I did a little bit of physical therapy, which wasn't, you know, I was in physical therapy school. I didn't have a, a ton of time and, it's just, it's a lot harder than you think being in that, you know, we're all busy and stuff like this. It's hard to ask a coworker during your lunch break when you're, you know, trying to decompress a little bit to work, then work on you as another patient, you know, that kind of thing. So right. it's, it was more sporadic. So it's, and you know, I went to a doctor here and there, but nothing where I just kept actively, you know, just kept going for it. And I think it maybe it's just, it's obviously different for every single person. Sometimes it's just, you you kind of go in that way you just haven't found it you haven't found that solution even though you're actively fighting for that solution um and sometimes it just takes you know whether someone's saying something to you or you just finally realizing that there's something Mm -hmm. that needs to be done Mm -hmm. and for me it was just there was one year that just kept getting worse and worse and worse um actually might have been my first year I started working because you know stress and lack of sleep and it was just more so my relationships with people not just the pain that I was like, okay, this, this something's got to change. You can't bring your best to no, someone else. No, I was else not even not close to being my best. <laughs> no. and, and, and thankfully, they had seen me before at my best. <laughs> yeah. so they, they didn't just come on like, what is, uh, you know, we probably wouldn't have worked out. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, it was, it was for me as much as it was for, for them too. So, mm-hmm. yeah. It's funny because um, chronic pain, we'll talk about in just a second about um, kind of some roots of that. Uh, it can be a purely physical thing and it can mm-hmm. be something out of like, emotional or mental yeah. things. And, and my quick physical one was how I'm working with you right now yeah. was I had months of this mm-hmm. repetitive movement of my arm when exercising in the name of getting, getting healthy and being healthy. I just wrenched my elbow with what's I guess called golfer's elbow and I played golf once in my whole life so yeah. it's not really fair. <laughs> Very common mis- misconception. <laughs> yeah. But it got so bad that I remember my wall was I was standing in my bathroom and I was going to brush my teeth one morning and that particular motion of bringing the toothbrush up to my mouth or washing my face or washing my hair mm-hmm. that motion of that rotation of the arm like it would bring me to tears and mm-hmm. I would I would sit there and stare at my toothbrush and be like, I gotta brush my teeth and mm-hmm. this is gonna kill me. Daunting task, yeah. yeah. And and one day I just looked to the mirror and I, and, and I thought, maybe I just need to switch hands and I'll start yeah. brushing my teeth. I'm fifty two. Like now I'm gonna start <laughs> brushing my teeth with my opposite hand. Right. Like, the accommodation I was gonna have to make. Maybe I can wash my whole hair with one hand. Uh-huh. And I literally looked at the mirror and was yeah. like, Okay. Some yeah. Oh, this I is see ridiculous. That all the time people trying, you know, when they'll come in the first day, I'm like, okay, what do we have difficulties doing? And they don't, 
remember what they can't do because they've already learned how to modify it, mm-hmm. you know, by changing yep. arms or whatever. But yep. yeah, yep. This, is per- this is a good example yep. for you too. Just when it clicked, like I just was like, know? look, if I'm going to ch- switch yes. arms on things that I'm doing, I've, I've already mentioned in my intro that I'm left-handed and yeah. my, I can't do much with my productive, with my right hand. So I'm like, this is, this is ridiculous. I, this should not be this way. I think Absolutely. we need to get this looked at. Yeah. And uh, it's funny because I I did go to my orthopedist first. Yeah. Um, he has done, he's a fabulous doctor. He's done wrist surgery on me, thumb surgery on me. <laughs> he's helped with arthritis in my hands and my shoulder. He's a great guy. Yeah. So he walks in the office and he's like, hey, good to see you again. I'm yeah. like, I hate that you like know flyer. who I am. Sure. <laughs> you know? We've not all been there. We've <laughs> all been there. <laughs> now granted, it was the span of years, yes. not months so yes. it's not like I hang out there every Friday but uh, sure. but he I, I appreciate that he remembered me but I was also yeah. like oh man yeah. I'm noticeable so he was talking and I the elbow thing was so bad mm-hmm. I, I came in there I said look I'm I'm a fan of natural things first right. I think everything has a place there's a place for medication there's a place for Absolutely. surgery all kinds of places but I said uh I am in so much pain with this. Mm-hmm. I am actually open to a steroid shot. It wouldn't be my first one. It would be there. I've, I've had him in other like shoulders and stuff. Sure. But like, and he says, "Well, I'm not giving you a shot today." And I was like, like "Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> Why?" <laughs> really. As as the eyes start yeah. welling up with hot yeah. tears, and yep, he says, "Because uh, you will be worse afterwards." And this is just my personal sure. case with me. So he says, "Um, he goes, let me let me break it down for you." People that work with a physical therapy, uh-huh. in a year from now, they're the best off. Right. People who don't do anything and let mm-hmm. kind of the issue just resolve itself because maybe they take it easy or whatever, sure. they're second best off. And then the people that get a steroid shot at the end of a year are actually worse off than mm-hmm. when their pain first began. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> and can you explain I, why? I can absolutely explain why. I have a couple different answers for that. But one is people that get the shot and they feel better, then they stop doing things to make themselves better and they're just doing the same things that brought them to that bad place to begin with. They haven't fixed anything. They just put a Band-Aid on the pain. So, you know, a couple months down the line, here's my elbow pain creeping back up again. You know, that's why in a year they might be right right where they started. You know what I mean? And thinking that, oh, that injection worked. So, like, what, I mean, you know, maybe they get couple weeks of relief or something like that and then they're like okay well I, I went this is what they told me to do and now I'm mm-hmm. now I'm feeling right back in the same place the other people that taking time off I'm all about that if we can't get better but a lot of times and we'll get into the you know the myths with physical therapy and stuff like that there are times for rest and there are times for load so I think sometimes people don't want to come to therapy because they don't want someone to tell them that they can't do what they want to do, mm. but just taking rest in general, like that could work. Mm-hmm. But again, if they won't get back into it over time, it's probably going to come right back to, which is why Venata's well off. Yeah. The other option of doing the therapy, if you didn't know what therapy is, we can kind of get into that a little bit as well, but we're fixing the problem. We're, we're finding where the problem is. Is that because we're lacking some sort of range of motion? Is that because we're having some strength deficit somewhere else? Mm-hmm. I think we're not just putting a band-aid on or anything like that. We're fixing the issue. And that's why you're down the line. We're still doing well because we've, we've kind of found out what's going on. We're working out of that and then, you know, maintaining that by making sure that doesn't come back. And then at the same time, getting you back into doing what you want to do 
whether that's brush your teeth or that's going playing golf, you know what I mean? So right. getting, working you back in that versus you having to do it on your own. Um, but just making you hopefully better than what you were like before, mm-hmm. just so that doesn't come back. Yeah, because I think just normal people like me do, mm-hmm. who don't have like a medical or physical uh, background. education yeah, sure. background, sure. we don't understand how intricately the body yeah, is connected. So when I had a rotator tear, I didn't yeah. know there was anything wrong with my shoulder, but wow, my bicep burned yeah. like fire all the time. Sure. And I was, I actually, when I was like, Very what is wrong with yeah. my, my bicep? And he's yeah. like, and then he, he put his finger right in the joint of my shoulder and I just shot out of the chair yeah. and he's like, well, that's the problem. It's just right. I was yeah. Yeah. So we don't understand that. Absolutely. And I will say education is, if not equally important, it's hard to say what's more important, but I would say education is such a huge part of recovery and what I do. It's just not only saying like why this is the way that it is, but how can we, you know, make it better? How can we just all that kind of stuff? I think education is so extremely important. And it's not, you know, educating like textbook, you know, this must, it's not, it's not, doesn't have to be super scientific. It's Mm -hmm. just, you know, explaining how this can impact you and just being like, oh, okay, well that makes sense. I think that makes a world of difference. And I I don't know of anyone that would disagree with that in the physical therapy world, just that educational piece. And I think that's where some things can lack is that educational piece. I think that when something clicks with that patient, then they'll almost buy into a little bit more where they'll, you know, they understand why they're coming and they're doing certain things and why this is an issue. Mm-hmm. And then that will in turn help them, you know, progress in, in the future. Yes. You know, and I could, again, we could deep dive off many different channels <laughs> with all these, all these things that we're talking about. Well, one of my favorite quotes of all time is schoolhouse rocks is knowledge is power. Yeah. I just believe knowledge is power. Absolutely. And, and we can like sit down with a physical therapist and, and they and they explain like, okay, well, your your knee's all fired up. So mm-hmm. we need to strengthen your quad right. and your calf. So it's going to, they're going to work better to make your knee. And there I'm like, go. oh, yeah. it really makes so yeah. much sense. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, there's a bunch of different ways that we, we can educate, whether it's just something simple as that, and it's just, hey, let's strengthen this up, take off the load off your knee, whether they say, oh, okay, and they understand it or not. It's, sometimes they got to see it to believe it. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you tend to trust what the, you know, the medical professional that you're going to see, you tend to trust what they're telling you. But I think, you know, some people just need to see to believe, whether that is seeing the the progress or sometimes it's like I'll have this awesome app on my phone I'm sure a lot of physical therapists have it on their phone that shows the muscles and bones and all that sort of stuff that I can physically show someone like okay hey this is where our pain is just because our pain's here doesn't mean it's not coming from here you know like you Mm -hmm. talked about that radiating pain but Mm -hmm. just something that they can physically see Mm -hmm. I think that sometimes just helps them understand being able to have like a little visual something to compare to Absolutely. Well, we've talked some about uh, some examples of physical pain and what can um, kind of drive us to physical therapy. Also, there's other kinds of pain with chronic pain. And I found this really good site called curablehealth.com. 
and they they break it down pretty easily. I think for I'm a lister. I love yeah. just bullet list things, well, and so they true. yeah. So they mentioned some stresses, some some more emotional, mental stresses, because I know like this podcast, you know, the the underlining tone. Um, goes back to mental health and mm-hmm. and I, I like you talked about your seven years of chronic pain and sure. I've had chronic pain and it just wears the soul completely Absolutely. down so Absolutely. some of the stresses they mentioned that we may not really uh, quickly associate with physical pain but mm-hmm. is connected with um, see if you would agree with past injuries accidents or health conditions yes absolutely mm-hmm. relationships family and romantic I definitely have can't agree can't disagree with that because I just said already that that affected me <laughs> uh, work someone's yeah. work mm-hmm. anxiety absolutely sadness or grief yeah anger yep Childhood adversity. Sure, absolutely. Which leads into probably unresolved painful memories. Mm-hmm. PTSD. Yeah. Social isolation or rejection. Mm-hmm. Big with COVID. Absolutely. Coming out of that. Yeah, I'm Dis- very nervous <laughs> with all of that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Discrimination. Mm-hmm. So those are some of the emotional, mental um, stressors that can produce. Uh, the right climate for physical yeah. pain, you would say. So from that says stresses from pain would be sensitized nervous system, mm-hmm. fear, worry, and anticipation of pain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe keeps mm-hmm. people from darkening your door. Um, mm-hmm. Associating the pain with some catastrophic health issue. So then what when we talk about the physical side in the same graphic that they had, just think is cool, what's affected would be muscles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Blood flow, nervous system, heart, gastrointestinal system, urinary system, and it says you may feel pain almost anywhere in the body, tingling, numbness, burning, IBS, and bladder symptoms, palpitations, rapid heart rate, headaches, and migraines. So yeah. can you connect the dots between all the physical symptoms that we yeah. just, the outward show, sure. what's happening inside? <laughs> sure. So I think a lot of those, absolutely all intertwined. I've seen so many different examples of that. I can't always, I mean, I might not be able to speak so much on the, you know, the GI system, but there's, it's not always a direct link. Like, oh, I have this pain in my shoulder. I have, you know, pain in my spleen or something. You know, it's not always something directly linked like that. It could be, well, I'm stressed or I'm having pain, which makes me stressed out. And that's causing me to eat poorly you know, there, there could be some sort of advert distant link between that. I see it both go both ways. So, you know, something where let's just talk about stress. So let's say you're stressed with your work and well, that's just be something's very hard. You've had to change your, you know, now you work from home and stuff is, is just different in general, whether that be your work setup or whatever, but let's just say we're just stressed at work. Then both men and women can uh, can definitely happen. This can happen too, but I see a lot more in women when we get stressed. We tend to carry that in our neck and our shoulders. Um, so that mm-hmm. might be something simple that you start to feel that tension in your in your neck. Um, but that could also then lead to headaches mm-hmm. from getting some muscle tension, and that can just be simply from just from stress. Now the adverse side of that could be like I'm already having pain, and then I'm not. I'm not getting sleep or I'm, I can't do this because something's hurting and that can then cause stress. So I think it go both ways of having the stress cause the pain and having the pain cause the stress. That if makes that, a lot of sense. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. What do you feel depression? How, how, what kind of a toll does depression take on the physical body in your opinion? 
So in my, in my opinion, and I have no problem saying that I've battled depression in my past. Um, and when I have gone through depression, I physically couldn't bring myself out of bed, you know, mm-hmm. and that's just, that was at my low of my low. Um, but that could be something where, okay, yeah, you can't pull yourself out of bed. So now I'm not exercising which provides endorphins, or I'm not, you know, it could be a multitude of things. And again, on the other side of it is, well, I can now not do what I normally would want to do, something that relieves my stress, something that I really enjoy, where the, or it could just be I'm not working out, so I'm not getting those endorphins. And it varies maybe in time for everyone. It could be something where I'm a week of not doing my normal routine and I'm just super unhappy about it. Um, mm-hmm. Or, you know, whatever, chronic pain, right? And just causing that just, I can't get better. I'm, you know, I have to live like this and just falling into that depression cycle. I tend to see more of that versus the depression than causing the pain. It's not that I haven't seen it. It's just I tend to see more of that pain causing um, that, the, the depression because they can't do what they want to do I can and they com- feel defeated I can completely speak to that and yeah even though mine was birthed out of us so I had bunion surgery one on one foot then one on the other I know yeah. that some people do two at a time sure. and I wasn't that brave <laughs> so I did it one time no. but then uh, but I I maybe might reconsider that because on the back end of it I had to go through with the whole recovery mm-hmm. twice instead of once mm-hmm. so I remember sitting um on the couch with the ice machine the mm-hmm. electric ice machine thing and I'm watching literally life go by. I'm watching my family do their thing. I'm mm-hmm. watching kids come and go from school, husband come and go from work, and yeah. joggers outside, and dog walkers, and bike riders. And I was stuck on this couch, strapped mm-hmm. to this machine for mm-hmm. weeks. And it was a slow recovery. And um, it it brought me Absolutely. to a low. Yeah. Lo- like, like, well, I don't have a purpose anymore. No one's, you know, I'm invisible right. on this planet. Right. Like, you can go dark really quick. Real quick. When you lose your place? Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. someone comes to mind with that, actually. I had a patient a couple months ago, had um, knee replacement surgery, and that's just wicked recovery. And um, she, same thing, she was just stuck in her house, couldn't do that, this, that, or the other. And she, I could just see it in her demeanor. And she's a very positive and happy person, and I could just see it in her demeanor. And I said, what's going on? And, she, you know, she had told me, it's like, I just stuck in my house. And I'm like, what's stopping you from, she couldn't drive at the time either, and What's stopping you from taking an Uber and going to walk around the store to go get some lunch? Or what's stopping you from doing that? And just just having that conversation with her to let her know that she there's no reason she can't do those things. She doesn't need to be bedridden or anything like that. I want her to get up and move around. But there are different alternatives. And she she did it and she was a completely different person the next time I saw her. Just just getting out of the house. And, that is you know, amazing. Made, I mean, the the difference I can't even explain to you. Wow. Um, and I, you know, I see it all the time. And it's just again, talking to someone and having that conversation. That's kind of where you get a little bit of that not a licensed mental, you know, like <laughs> you know, <laughs> anything like that. Not a counselor or anything like that, but just listening to someone and being able to provide some kind of easy solution that they wouldn't have ever crossed their mind that can drastically affect their mental health. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is yeah, and for someone wild. like me, like um, where trust is a big issue. Yeah. Um, so it's great. Everyone needs a family and friend support system. Yes. They really, really do. Absolutely. But when it comes to like my physical health, yeah, like hearing that from you to be like, yeah. it's okay to go do this. Right. Like, 
okay. I don't right. have to be scared that I'm going to hurt myself more. That's, yeah, exactly. That's what it comes down to is they just want to know that it's going to be okay. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, they can tell you this, that, or the other when it comes. Like, if your friend was telling you, hey, let, let's go do this. Or, but yeah, it's no problem. I can go do this. Well, how do you know? How do you know that I'm going to be okay? Right. You know what I mean? Right. What am I, you don't know yeah. my limits. Like, right. you don't know my history with this issue and right. all of that. So yeah. that's... Yeah, and, and on the you know other side as well, it's not that we we always know either. Like we could tell you to do something and then just not go as well as we have planned as well. We can't anticipate everything, but we do see it a lot. Just like you know with everything else as well. And so just knowing that hey, you're not going to make this situation any worse. Hey, maybe you're a little going to be a little bit of sore, but that comes back to that education, just preparing them for what to expect too. And like okay, well I. I I didn't hurt anything. I know she said I was going to be a little sore or something like that. I think that's a good way that we can kind of be that sounding board. Yeah, yeah. For someone well. who's had, well, I've had more than seven surgeries, but seven <laughs> that involved recoveries. Yeah. And I really rely on yeah. that advice. That, Absolutely. You know, that health advice. Right. Like, and, and I'll say to myself, going through one of the recoveries, like, okay, they said that this was okay if I right. do it like they stay in the parameters sure. of what I'm told to do and, you know, do it like they said. And and, and then you you start feeling a little bit of hope that, yeah. okay, there is an end to this. Absolutely. Like, we're going to get better. It's going to, this is going to be in the rearview mirror eventually. Mm-hmm. And having a fresh set of eyes and perspective Absolutely. on it is yeah. huge. Like, she probably was like, why didn't I think of an Uber? <laughs> yeah, yeah of course. Yeah, of course. <laughs> but we just can't see out of our own cells sometimes. We right. just can't see the forest through the trees, I think, and yeah. um, for sure. And we get, I think we can get lost in our pain and right. in our headspace. Like Absolutely. It's all we think about and can't really think about ways to fix it because you're just like, it's never going to end. This right. It's never going to end. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I've, I've been there personally, and I've, I've heard it from, from many patients, and I'm not always the answer, but just, you know, having someone that will listen to them and, you know, maybe offer something that they have not been told before. Just again, like you kind of said, give them a little hope Mm -hmm. um, or just, you know, something else to try. Like, okay, this isn't the last thing. Like Mm -hmm. there's something else I can, I can do. And sometimes that might feel daunting as well. Just trying this, that, and the other, like, okay, I've tried everything. I don't want to keep trying things I want to fix. So. Yep. And for me, like I just, I didn't want to. I didn't want to be on another medication. I didn't yeah. want to be, you know, prison to the pill. Right. Right. And there is a place for those things when sure. they're needed. But on a daily basis, yeah. I, I just wanted something that was actually going to fix my issues. Right. And I wouldn't have to be dependent on an outside source. And because, I mean, there's other issues. I know, like, certain foods we eat, like a sugar yeah. can create yeah. inflammation yeah. and all of that. I think like alcohol is dehydrating. So I know that there's, right. I just think there's a lot of natural ways to address Absolutely. our issues, but I think physical therapy just might get undersold sometimes. Sure. And that's why we're doing this today yeah. because like I'm a poster child for like, are you kidding me? Like, yeah. In fact, when I, at that same doctor with my elbow, he goes, he looks at my chart and he's like, so a year ago you're in here with tennis elbow, which is, yeah. I don't, I like to play tennis. Sure. I don't play tennis. Yes. Like I got it again from repetitive exercise because yeah. I'm an overachiever, I guess. And um, so he puts it, he puts that finger right on that, that spot on the elbow. He's like, does this hurt anymore? I'm like, oh, that hasn't hurt for months. I forgot I was even yeah. here for that. Mm-hmm. And that's because I went through physical therapy. Yeah. 
and it fixed it and I moved on and forgot about it. Yeah. And that's a beautiful story. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, I'm like, yes. We'll love them all to be like that. <laughs> <laughs> but I totally forgot I'd even seen yeah. it before. And I'm like, I don't even remember when that that's stopped turning, you know? That's awesome. So that's, that's awesome. So we talked about some acute pain, you know, from all of the physical standpoints of mm-hmm. an of a injury, accident, illness, whatever, surgery, and then chronic, some of the mental and emotional components that maybe we haven't thought or connected to our physical bodies. Like, could, you know, could my job really be the reason why, you know, my Mm -hmm. back is hurting? You know, Mm -hmm. could this relationship be affecting me adversely so much that it's now, you know, making my body take a toll on it? Those are really important questions that I think we should all inventory ourselves and, 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 um, kind of see trace it back sure trace back the thing like when did it right like when did it start was this what's what was happening at this time am i kind of on the right track with that yeah so i think that happens all the time you know trying to it's not always just an injury sometimes pain just you know kind of or pain injury whatever just kind of comes out of nowhere and just progresses 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 you know we don't always sit down and find that out within the first five minutes sometimes it just takes having conversations and it's not even thinking anything of it and for someone to connect that dot and be like well hold on a second maybe maybe this is what where our issue is mm-hmm. let's take a little bit deeper dive into this mm-hmm. I see that you know more often than not with something like work whether that's ergonomics you know how how your system is set up just maybe it changed from okay well, this is how my setup was in the office now I'm at home things are different there but it could be something simple as well, I have to do this kind of lifting thing from my work and it's felt fine. Now I'm hurting, it hurts, but mm-hmm. it could be something simple as, well, let's just teach you how to properly lift as well. Again, kind of going more onto the mental aspect. A lot of times people don't connect, connect the dots there. And it's not, you know, again, that's not my expertise. I see it a lot. I see definitely more the pain causing than kind of opening up the door and seeing all the different stressors that it then effects whether that you know results in tears or mm-hmm. frustration mm-hmm. it's not that it de- I mean it definitely can happen from stress to then causing some other breakdown yeah and the system resulting in pain yeah. you know it can go both ways yeah because another aspect of uh, chronic pain could be someone who has just a lifelong health condition it's not sure. their fault it is what it is yeah. and they're living in a quasi debilitated state, which mm-hmm. is what, what you were talking about, just yeah. one begets the other. So like, is physical therapy a good for chronic health conditions? It can be, it depends, I mean, honestly, on what the chronic health condition is. Um, we can't obviously treat the chronic health condition if it's something like autoimmune, car- you know, cardiovascular, something like that, we can't impact that but what we can do is impact maybe your function so you know we have trouble walking this distance or we have trouble getting up and out of a chair or you know something like that that's progressed with you know some of the side effects with whatever they have going on we can make those functional uh, changes and impact and that may in turn kind of again help their quality of life um, but we can't we can't necessarily impact mm-hmm. someone with MS or mm-hmm. let's say Parkinson's disease, we can, you know, do things to help with their function, um, make things a little bit easier, but we're not, we're not, uh, treating the, 
chronic disease, if sure you will. Sure thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got it. Yeah, for sure. So that goes back to the point of um, quality of life mm-hmm. and strength and independence. I think yeah. those are things we all want. Yes. And whether any whatever the pain is that got the person yeah. to your door, you helping them achieve quality life, an independent life, a strong mm-hmm. life, that's going to improve, I think, the entire person. 1,000%. That's, <laughs> that's what it always boils down to is, independence, not having to rely on someone changing what they, you know, want to do. And that also plays a factor in that mental aspect as well. You know, when they don't have to see me anymore, it's a great day for them. You know, so <laughs> you work yourself reasons. out of a job. <laughs> yeah. There's always more. There's always more. <laughs> well, I I think we've set a real good table to talk about all the different types of pain and mm-hmm. and the causes of that. And, and, and so now we come to okay, so maybe physical therapy could be an option. So Could you describe the difference between physical therapy and physiotherapy? Is there one? Yes and no. I mean, there there are different, there are definitions out there that there are obviously, those words exist for a reason. There is a little bit of difference, but not in the way that we think. You see physiotherapy around here a little bit, but you mostly see it in Europe, Canada, Australia. That's, you, you tend to hear that way more than you hear physical therapy. They're essentially the same thing with maybe some little nuances here and there. They're pretty interchangeable. You just hear more in the United States, physical therapy. Tomato, tomato. Uh, Yeah. 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 (laughs) Okay. I would say so, just based off the country. They might have like a little bit of different definition if you were to look it up, but Mm -hmm. I would say they're, they're pretty interchangeable. Okay, great. Could you describe the differences between physical therapy and chiropractic? Sure. There there are a lot of different things out there that overlap a ton. I mean, chiropractors, um, occupational therapists, athletic trainers, acupuncture. There's just so many different things that overlap. And a lot of times people will see multiple different people at the same time. They will see a physical therapist and a chiropractor at the same time. I, I might give a little bit different answer than a chiropractor would give. Um, and I think there's there's positives with both and someone that might be both or be better for a certain situation. But I can't say that one's better than the other without being biased, obviously. (laughs) I would say maybe if you're having acute, an acute problem with your back or your neck, you know, a chiropractor might give you a a better, quicker result. That that tends to be more of their, their specialty. And it's not that physical therapists can't do the same thing. A physical therapist's concern might be more on the exercise portion and the strength portion. Like, okay, well, yeah, I can picture pain right here. This is a problem. But how am I going to keep that? How am I going mm-hmm. to maintain, ma- maintain yeah. this, make this go away? So you don't have to keep coming and seeing me every month. So that might be a little bit of difference. And again, I don't want to say there might be some chiropractor out there listening like, well, that's not what it is at all. You know, like I want, I don't want to have to treat these people forever either. There's different chiropractors out there. There's different physical therapists out there. We, we can both manipulate the spine, that, that cracking of your back, if you will. Um, just for people that don't know that word manipulation. So, um, but I think it's just one thing that chiropractors do that we don't is they more often not have x-rays in their office. A lot of times they, they can x-ray and stuff like that. So I would say, you know, that that's a quick, um, thing. And, but I think too, a lot of times insurance companies don't always Hmm. cover chiropractor health, whereas physical therapy that more often than mm-hmm. not do. So I think that's a big difference as well. Physical therapy might be more of the long game, not always 
and it's not we you've you've kind of personally experienced like there can be some quick relief of pain but it's more of all right how am I going to prevent this from coming back in the future and not just making you feel better at the at the time so there's a lot of similarities um but I think it's just maybe our our mindset in what's causing the issue and how am I going to fix the issue? The approach is just a little bit different, I believe. So yeah, yeah. no, that's a, that's yeah. a great answer. Yeah. That's, a, that's a question I've always wanted to ask. It's, it's a hard one to answer. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> and maybe, you know, if someone's working with their physician, they can help say direct sure. one path or the I've other. I've been a chiropractor, you know, mm-hmm. I've, as a physical therapist, I've went and again, I went through the chronic pain. I tried every avenue. It's like, mm-hmm. well, let's just, let's just try it all. And, you know, and I've had, yeah great results. We've all pretty much heard of physical therapy, but yeah. explain the difference please between physical therapy and occupational therapy. We hear PTOT, yeah. PTOT. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, um, another interchangeable one that can be interchangeable, but they tend to do more what's called ADLs or activities of daily living, working on stuff like getting you to be able to brush your teeth, get dressed, stuff like that. Um, if that makes sense, more of those, again, activities of daily living whereas we're maybe a little bit bigger picture if you will we we care about the whole functional thing as well but it's not necessarily what you're doing in the house you know driving that kind of stuff like that's they tend to do more of of that and they tend to be more in the school systems as well so kids that if you've ever seen you know a therapist or something in the school they're more than often often not a occupational therapist and not a physical therapist although they exist as well yeah so they kind of occupational therapists work on you know, adapting or modifying stuff within, you know, the house to make that easier for them. Whereas, you know, again, we're more of the movement experts, you know, we're trying to improve that quality of life through the whole, the whole picture. And it's not that we can't work on, like you said, you have pain brushing your teeth and it's not that we didn't work on that as well. Yep. But I'm not, you know, sitting there and watching you brush your teeth. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of that'd I'm be big, quite boring. Yeah. And again, there's different. There's definitely some overlap. I've been in a skilled nursing facility on you know clinical when I was going through school, and they they work on sit to stand stuff, getting someone out of a chair. But so do we. So there there's definitely some some overlap. I don't tend to help someone get dressed. You know, like putting on clothes and all that kind of stuff. But people tell me all the time, like, hey, I have a hard time putting my arm in my jacket. Like, okay, well, why don't we make this? I have that in my back of my mind, but I'm going to affect that by doing this and then that in turn will get better versus like trying to how to modify. Yeah. Excellent explanation. That was hard to say. No, yeah. So that, <laughs> that was fantastic. Yeah. 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 No, that's it's, it's a hard a one to answer because there are some different overlap, but yeah. 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 yeah very good. Thank yeah. you. What are some different types of physical therapy? Also great questions. There's different places that you would uh, go. So I'm an outpatient physical therapist. So that is something, your typical musculoskeletal ankle sprain, post-op after surgery. I hurt my shoulder and, you know, that kind of thing. That's just, it's it's not, it can be affiliated with a hospital system, but it's something that you are not staying in the hospital to do. Just you're going at home, that kind of thing. Speaking of home, there's home health. So that's where a therapist will come to your home um, and treat you. And there are different, going forward, there are different qualifying factors for you to have home health. So it's, it's more of, you can't get up and get to, you don't have someone to take you. You can't get out of your house. You can't drive to go to physical therapy. So that might be someone that say that's had a knee replacement. And sometimes, you know, if they don't have anyone to take them, then someone will come to their house until they can 
go to physical therapy. So that's another option. Um, there's acute care. So what that is, is within the hospital. And that's typically just like an acute injury, a short term say. So maybe you've gone in and um, you had a fall or you've had a knee replacement. Usually those are outpatient procedures, but they can be stay, we stay in the hospital and someone will come and make you get up and walk around and, you know, make sure you're safe to go home because you can get enough go up and down stairs that you need to to be able to get in and out of the house. So acute care is more of that a couple days, maybe a week, something like that. Then there's inpatient rehab. That is more something like you've had a spinal cord issue, you've had a stroke, um, something that's going to take months and months fix. And that also has some qualifying factors. You have to receive, if I remember correctly, two hours of therapy a day, you know, mixed up with a PTOT speech, but they have to be able to do that kind of stuff. But that's typically more often than not, I guess a little bit more neuro, again, spinal mm-hmm. cord injury, stroke, mm-hmm. something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, your everyday, uh, this hurts me, that hurts me, that is outpatient physical therapy, which is what I do. Okay. Yeah. And if I could just add, insert yeah. a shout out. Um, I can't remember his name at the moment, but we're home health. You mentioned that one. Yeah. When my mother-in-law, um, she was 80 and she had angiosarcoma mm-hmm. and that is a dreadful type of cancer. Yeah. And so we had to have home health come in. And she was 80, but she was always sweet on young guys. Oh, <laughs> like, sure. she just, you know, she just, yeah. that, that made her day to be in the presence of what she would say is like, you know, a handsome young man. Yeah. And so we had a guy coming in through home health and you know what they did for her exercise? They danced. Oh, I've seen, yeah. He absolutely. listened to her and they're like the prelim mm-hmm. interview and she just, she and my father-in-law just danced for 44 years. Yes. Um, maybe longer. Yes. Just dancing was their thing. Yeah. So he picked up on that and he would come in and just dance with her yeah. and that was the best. It, it lifted her, her, her mind and absolutely. her physical. And that kind of goes on to the mental aspect as mm-hmm. well. How how big a yeah. difference doing something physically that you love can yeah. impact your uh, your mental mental state. He so. was a gift. She he absolutely. was her the highlight of her week. They, she got absolutely. to do salsa, whatever. That's it's really, 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 really fun. Because I just what a blessing. Yeah, because <laughs> the common misconception with physical therapy is you know you hear all the time physical torturers or you know <laughs> whatever you know it's all physical therapy hurts and all that kind of stuff. It's not always like that. No, it's not always it's like not. that by any means. It's not. I think a lot of people just associate physical therapy with surgery. You know, mm-hmm. I go to physical therapy after I've had surgery, and that's yep. that's a very without being a little blunt. That's a very old way of thinking. Um, a lot of people just don't know that. Okay, my shoulder's hurting. I can. Why don't I just go see a physical therapist? one, um, more often than not, we can get you in sooner. Two, you're more often going to come right back to me uh, anyway. So, <laughs> yeah. the, the, you know, the doctor, you know, they find out like, all right, we have a rotator cuff issue. Let's go to physical therapy first. Because you always want to, you should always, unless it's something that you need to jump right into surgery with, you always want to do that conservative treatment first, mm-hmm. right? It's one, mm-hmm. more cost effective. Two, there's no guarantee that you're going to be better off after that surgery. That's always the goal. But we can get better without it. Why wouldn't we? Saves time and money, mm-hmm. right? And pain mm-hmm. <laughs> sometimes. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Yeah. So a lot of times we're cutting out that middleman, and a lot of just people just don't know that we're direct access that you can come without a doctor's referral, and that's not everyone. Medicare um, needs a referral. There are certain insurances like MedCost 
um, that will need a referral, but mo- more often than not, you don't need a referral to come to physical therapy. I think that is absolutely like a hidden secret. I mm-hmm. mean, all the years I've been in and out of it with different yeah. sur- I never knew that. Yeah. You were the first person to tell me that. I was Which like, what? <laughs> Which is crazy. I'm very passionate about that just because, one, they just don't know, but they've dealt with pain for years and they didn't need to. They didn't know it was an option and it's sometimes thought of as the last option, whereas it shouldn't be. A lot of times people don't know what what physical therapy can do. You know, it doesn't have to be something like I had surgery or my shoulder hurts. It can be low back pain, like everything, chronic, mm-hmm. acute, whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't really know what's going on, but this kind of hurts me. Uh, let us do our, you know, kind of what we call, you know, evaluation, assessing you and determine if this is the most appropriate place for you, if you need to go see someone, someone else. And again, typically way more cost effective and quicker. <laughs> so Love it. Does, does it? the middleman because <laughs> you might be right back in the office regardless. So, right. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Oh, because I'm all about efficiency. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Both money and time, for sure. Right. And the and fact that you guys... care about. Yeah, and y'all take insurance. Yeah, And, and HSA. And, yeah, absolutely. And all that kind of stuff. That's great. So how did you decide you wanted to be a physical therapist? Great question. So I think my story is a little bit different than maybe some of my classmates or other people that if you ask the same question to. I originally went to school to do marine biology. All my friends growing up in high school and everything like that, Y'all want to do physical therapy? I am the only physical therapist out of everyone that said that. So oh, wow. I wanted to go, um, I wanted to do marine biology. I quickly realized that was not for me. Um, I, I had a love of oceans, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I just realized, okay, I love the ocean, but I just, what, what would I do here? I just it wasn't passionate about it. So I was thinking like, okay, what would I, what do I love to do? I love sports. I love physical activity. I don't want to be in a desk all day. It's just not something that excites me. I like medicine always has, you know, attracted me that field, but I don't like medicine. I don't want to do all that. What, what can I do? So I started thinking through things. I went to physical therapy literally one visit my entire life. Not once, one bout, one day, one, that's, <laughs> that's the only experience I had, which was crazy for how, how injured I was all the time growing <laughs> up. But I, um, I started to volunteer and just try a couple of different places you know, out just to kind of see what it was about. And I was just like, I, this is awesome. I love this. I love that I can make just the biggest thing that drew me in was just the impact you make on people's lives with physical activity and just how many different ways you can treat someone for the same issue. It's just not boring. Like there's just, Mm. it's, it's kind of scary in a way. It's like, how will I ever know where, you know, this is how to make this better. And that's, that's actually now looking back at it, that's the beautiful part about it is there's a hundred different ways that you can treat the same issue and get the end result to be the same. So I think it's just, it keeps me on my toes, keeps me interesting, keeps me out of the desk, unless I'm doing paperwork. <laughs> but uh, And then you have a standing desk. And then I have a standing desk. So, <laughs> um, that. Exactly. So people are like, this is your desk? And I'm like, yeah. I had a little bit, a lot of people, you'll, you know, if you ask, they've, they had some injury and they had some personal experience and stuff like that. And uh, it wasn't personal experience for me. It was just what what am I passionate about? You completely bring your passion every yeah. time we meet. Like yeah. I, you have a sparkle in your eye. It's like you yeah. know you're doing what you love, and it shows. Yeah. And that really helps the patient side Absolutely. of it yeah. be more enthusiastic, more committed. Sure. Like to see your level of enthusiasm, like it just it's a good vibe. 
when you're kind of drowning in the work, just like with any job, it always checks me back to reality when someone, you know, like you says something like that. And, you know, someone tells me how I've impacted Mm -hmm. their life and just how, you know, think about how they were the first day they came in and then, you know, it's their last day and just how much better they are. And they don't even have to tell me thank you. Just like knowing that they can do something they couldn't do before. Fixing a problem is mm-hmm. just feels good. Okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share a little moment that I haven't shared with you yet that oh. has made a lasting impact, something that you did. Oh. And it actually had nothing to do with the body. Okay. So I was there for one of my normal sessions, and I was doing my band work like over in the corner, uh-huh. and you were actually working with another patient, uh-huh. and because you guys multitask really well with that. <laughs> And yeah, um, I got a phone call, and I, and I had to take it, and it was it was an upsetting call. Yeah. It was a business kind of call. I don't know if you remember this moment or I not. I think I do. But <laughs> so, like, I, I wasn't mad, but I was, like, upset. Yeah. And we're all in this one big room, and yeah. there could be, like, six therapists and at least six or more clients or sure. patients in there. Yeah. And, um, and. You know, I just kind of like lost that perspective that I wasn't alone. Yeah. And I mean, I wasn't saying anything bad. I was just no. kind of, I was just upset. I was just like, yeah. well, what, what do you mean? You know, kind yeah. of thing. And, and I hung up and, um, and you were, you were working with someone on a table and you like yelled across the room. You're like, Christy, are you okay? And I looked up at you and I was like, yeah. And I was instantly like embarrassed that I yeah. didn't realize you everyone could hear that. Yeah. And I thought, oh, man, I'm so embarrassed. But it's what you did next Mm -hmm. that got me. You looked at me and you went, are you okay? Yeah. And it was that moment of like human to human. And Mm -hmm. it wasn't like you weren't trying to socially tell me that everyone in the room heard that. (laughs) Like you were genuinely interested in me. And it almost made me like cry because in that phone call, the the other end of that call was someone that was really trying to be very demeaning and condescending. And, and I felt very small at the end of that. And you just brought me like a big breath of oxygen back up to the surface above the water, got my head back Mm -hmm. up and you were like, are you okay? And yeah. it just, I knew that you like genuinely meant that. I did. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I do remember that now that you're, you know, and I'm <laughs> glad I, I'm happy that I, I made, you know, that I made that impact for you. I think you that's, did. and again, that makes me feel, feel good. And it's on, on many different levels. I just, any way that I can make someone's day better in whatever capacity, who doesn't love that? Right. Yeah. I think that's, that's that difference with therapy, you know, physical therapies, you create, such big relationships with with people and it's not the same for every patient I get along with almost every single one of my patients there's the rare exception you know I I definitely develop maybe some deeper connections with people because we get to spend time together and talk and stuff like that and so I am genuinely concerned and I know how much that can can impact you bringing something heavy like that in and then you're just not there so just kind of oh yeah, back to, I completely right, checked out right, of physical right. therapy at that moment with that phone call. But yeah. it was a teachable moment for me because I actually took that and I thought, I I love that. Yeah. I love that sometimes the person needs to be asked twice, yeah. and now I have implemented that oh, in really? my own life. Yeah. And if someone's having a hard time, I'll say, you know, how are you doing? And they're like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm like, how are you doing? Yeah. And I and so just I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm just like copy paste what you did because uh, it was so impactful because sometimes people 
it might they might think it's just a pleasantry right. question and and sometimes it also might take a second ask to get it yeah. out well, that's the same thing all the time like hey how are you good like you know it just mm-hmm. comes out real quick you yeah. know you don't have to think twice and it's just that already cued response mm-hmm. yeah it, it, and part of it you know you kind of when you're first saying when I kind of you know yelled across the room and that's always because you know I knew something was going on and I and I hated to bring attention. I didn't want to to be that like that. But I'm glad I fixed myself with a thing. But I mean, there was obviously something on your face. It was like she's not okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, I was so, not okay. No, but, but I was better after that because I was like, okay. And then that, that helped me not just yeah. disconnect phone call, but disconnect my mind from the phone call. Yes. Okay, now we're back to doing my band work, yep. and I'm we'll and deal I'm, with that I'm later. Back in. Yep. Yes, exactly. Yep. I'm all back in. Yep. So well, what? Thank you. Would you, yeah, you're no, thank you. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> you made a huge impact, and and I do say that a lot to people. I'll be yeah. like, they're like, are you okay? Yeah, I'm like, are you sure? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We just need a pause in life. And there really just aren't any pauses in life anymore. It's just go, go, go. If something is not working properly on the body, it it, it is a little scary to be like, okay, we're going to spend an hour focusing on that thing Mm -hmm. that you kind of... The other 23 hours a day, we want to kind of forget and ignore is there. Like, I still got this. I can do whatever... Yeah, in terms so, of that chronic pain that we kind of yeah. talked about in the beginning, right? I can fix this on my own, just let it heal, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Whereas that's not always the best mm-hmm. approach. Oh, it takes some courage and absolutely you know, bravery to go. Okay, I'm gonna go and we're gonna we're gonna focus on the one thing I don't want to talk about right now. Right, yeah. right. And again, that's just making that part of that is just making someone feel comfortable talking yep. about educating them. Mm-hmm. I can't say that enough. The mm-hmm. education, what what's going on, mm-hmm. what to expect. What are we going to do about it? You know, mm-hmm. knowing that there's an end in sight, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. And mm-hmm. then even explaining pain level expectations. Like, that's okay to be sore. It's okay for this to hurt. Okay, I don't want this to hurt. You know, just kind of mm-hmm. talking about that. And again, we talked about that already, that misconception of physical therapy has to hurt. And that old mindset of no pain, no gain does not always apply. And sometimes it's warranted. Like, yeah, we're going to have to go through a little pain. It is what it is. Letting people know what to expect and letting people know there's going to be good days. We're going to have bad days. We're going to have good good days. And everyone thinks that with recovery, that every day gets better. And it does. Mm-hmm. But it's not this nice straight line of bad mm-hmm. to good. We have a great picture in our office that, that shows this. But people think it's this nice straight line. You know, recovery. When really it's this squiggly line all over the place. You know, getting there in the mm-hmm. end. But um, it's, it's not just always rainbows and butterflies there there's yeah. definitely bad days um whether that be soreness pain and then there the good days being able to do it. and hopefully the the bad days get get fewer again yeah. it just boils down to education mm-hmm. and just knowing that we we know what's going to get to there in the end and then just sharing that knowledge with yeah. someone yeah that kind of exactly. thing too but uh, some people all the time are like my elbows just like really hurt me today whether that be their main issue or not and they're like i'm just going to hold on pt today and that's the worst thing that you can do because one we can modify whatever we need to. Okay, let's let's get you feeling better. How are we mm-hmm. gonna do that? Whether mm-hmm. that's okay, we keep it really really light. We back down way a lot on our exercises. We change it up to this. We hit a little bit more, you know, manual whether that treatment based mm-hmm. approaches. Let me get you feeling better. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's not a lot of times people just think I gotta I gotta work. I gotta do my exercises. I'm just gonna be sore. I don't want to make this worse. We are very adaptable people, okay? So we, we do what you, how you come in, what you need, yes. you know, and, and uh, 
whether that be a different issue or not, that's, that's the beauty of it is we yeah. can, we can change on the dime, whatever we need to. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's the misconception is it's going to hurt. It's going to be, you know, yeah. I'm hurting. Should I come? Yeah. Yeah. That Let me help you. That's my job. Right, right, right. Yeah, so, little... And that, that helps me too. Like, okay, we just, maybe we did a little too much or maybe let's connect the dots. Maybe we did something else mm-hmm. and just the combination, you know, just the talking through it all and then just getting you feel better. We, we change based off of what we need to. So I think that's also one of the good, best things about my job is just being able to just change things on, on the dime, adapting and coming up with different ways of doing different things. Like that's, that's one of the best parts of my job is mm-hmm. keeps things interesting. Yeah. Who do you say would be a good candidate for PT? Sure. Anyone with what we call musculoskeletal issues, anything like you, you hurt headache could be absolutely neck, back pain, shoulder pain, elbow, finger, wrist, hand, whatever, whether that's chronic pain, you hurt yourself, anything like that. Nerve pain, so if I have numbness tingling down something, that's also something that we treat. We don't treat, um, I have, you know, I feel like my heart is racing or something, you know, that's Mm -hmm. not something that we treat, but anything that you can think of, muscle, tendon, ligament, bone, you know, all that kind Mm -hmm. of stuff, pain, essentially, (laughs) or you have difficulty doing things. That is all, everyone, but that, that go through anything like that, all candidates for physical therapy. And if they weren't, we would let them know. Yeah. Like, all right, I, I think this is w- what avenue we need to go against. And sometimes, you know, they have, they might have other things going on, but there are certain things that we can treat and certain things that we're like, I want you to go see this person because I, I might suspect something's going on or I can't address this. We're going to focus on this mm-hmm. or all together. I need, let's go do this first. Let's get some stuff cleared. And then we can kind of move forward. So, so what yeah. do you see kind of generally speaking uh, the most and like, what are you treating the most in and kind of what's a timeline if someone wants to say, okay, I want to try physical therapy mm-hmm. to help this. So I haven't seen everything by all means, all, all areas, you know, head down to the toe. I would say most commonly shoulder, knee, low back, obviously Hips a big one, elbows a big one, knees and shoulders are, are, are pretty common. I see pretty equally self-referred, like they just came in, whether it's a return patient or like they just knew about physical therapy. I see quite a few referrals. They went to a doctor first who sent them here, and I see a lot of post-op um, people as well. So, which is nice. It's just always you know nice to have a big bunch of different things mm-hmm. that you can treat, but. Body part wise, I see again everything, but more often than not, knees and shoulders are, are pretty common. Good amount of hips, good amount of elbows, good amount of back pain. And I, it's kind of a, too broad of a question maybe to ask like, what could someone expect? Would this be in their physical therapy for months or weeks? Sure. Or? Um, so it's not necessarily a broad question. Every single person that comes there for the first time asks that question. And I say it depends. Um, so the, with certain, there's different tissue healing. Like you, you can expect muscle to be, you know, two to four weeks. Again, could last longer, could be quicker. Just depends on the grade. So how much of a tear, um, how you know significant that is. Again, it depends. It depends if they're post-op. Ligament tends to heal, take a little bit longer to heal. It, it's very dependent. We can give you guesses. Also depends on if it's chronic or acute. We kind of talked about that. Mm-hmm. You know, something that's maybe more chronic is going to mm-hmm. take a little bit longer to heal. We try to make sure we're seeing a change. So let's say you're coming in here with 
shoulder pain. And if we're, you know, not getting better in, in four weeks, we're not making a change, we're not progressing, then we're going to consult, okay, maybe we get in to see a doc, let's get some imaging, something's not adding up. Um, mm-hmm. And then maybe it's something that we have a, a tear or something like that that's just not mm-hmm. better. Typically, it's not always four weeks. It, the times vary on everyone. I can give an educated guess. I am not exact. And I, I tend to be more on the conservative side, just, um, you know, telling them it can take longer because if you tell them it should be better in, in four, six weeks and it's not, it's like, well, what, what's going wrong? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah, yeah. It's all dependent on, uh, you know, what tissue has been affected, ligament, tendon, bone, muscle, where in that, where, Mm -hmm. you know, if it's closer towards the tendon versus more in the muscle belly, activity, lifestyle Mm -hmm. outside of, you know, what are you doing? How much are you doing? You know, that can play a factor in that as well. How important would you say doing the homework is in in this? (laughs) (laughs) That's a hot button. (laughs) You know, it's super important, super important. You might see me once or twice a week. That's not enough it's not that you need to come in more. It's that you just have to do your stuff at home. There's a reason we give you exercises. It shouldn't be daunting. And if it is, you just need to have that conversation. It's it's very doable. And a lot of times, especially maybe a little bit more of the kids are like, well, you know, I have, I have this, that, and the other. You know, I play soccer, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then I have school and I have homework. You know, and it's just kind of finding the time like, okay, I don't need you to do it every day. You're coming in here once. You're coming in here twice. I need you to do it one or two other times outside of here. Okay. And it should take you 20 minutes. I don't need you to take an hour to do all this stuff. And just kind of putting it in perspective. We're like, okay, let's focus on these two or three things. Um, and it's all just based off of, you know, what it is. It's just the conversation that you have. But it is super important. Super important. On a one to 10, how important? 10. 1,000. 1, okay. 1, <laughs> uh, it is super important. There's no point in again that's just putting on the band-aid situation we're not fixing the problem doing it once or twice a week you need you know strength load we don't tend to we make very slow progress and i think you would be able to tell and we can all tell when you're not doing your exercise i just want you to know <laughs> oh snap we can tell um i'm not going to tell you my secrets of how we can tell but we can Typically, a lot of times when people aren't getting better, they're not doing mm. their stuff. And we don't just give it to do it. Mm-hmm. There's a, always a reason and function behind it. And if you, if you just don't know or want to know why, just ask. Well, if we you go back give to you the reason. <laughs> if you go back to the knee example, like if the knee's kind of tweaking mm-hmm. and, and you want to build up that quad, yeah. doing an hour in a physical therapy office once a week doesn't mm-hmm. really build no. up anything. And, and the hour is, you know, we're doing... Multiple different things. We're doing manual treatment, whether that be soft tissue work, stretching, mobilizing the knee, stretching the hip, whatever it may be. We're putting hands-on treatment on you. Some of it is showing, you know, going through like, okay, I can't go up the stairs. All right, let's go look at the stairs. Let's let's check our mechanics. Let's check, you know, let's make sure we're doing it correctly and how can I help you do this better potentially. And sometimes it just boils down to strength. We need to, the strength takes time. Mm-hmm. That does not happen overnight. Mobility tends to happen a little bit quicker depending, but uh, more often than not, it tends to happen a little bit quicker than strength does. Yeah. And again, it boils down to that educational piece as well. Yeah. I hope, hopefully I answered the, no, the yeah, you, that question. I, you can, I can get I, off on a tangent with everything. <laughs> I recently had a conversation with someone that had been in physical therapy for mm-hmm. a little bit, and they are like, it just doesn't work for me. Yeah. I, I'm a skeptic. Oh, yeah. It doesn't work. Sure. And the wife piped up and said, but how many times have you done any of the exercises at home? Um, and he said... 
Never. Boom. And I was like, whoa. Yeah. Come on. So that, that's exactly, <laughs> exactly what it boils down to is people think that, okay, well, I'm going to physical therapy. That's fixing the problem. Okay. But what we're trying to do is make life, sometimes lifestyle changes or maintain, or not necessarily maintain, but improve upon our strength, range of motion. And if we keep going back to doing the stuff that we were doing before, so let's say my shoulder, I, I'm lacking some range of motion in my shoulder. My shoulder's tight. Okay. Well, if I do a stretch one time, you know, <laughs> a week, right. is that going to make a significant yeah. impact? No. That's you kind know, of like, you can, might feel temporarily impactful, yeah. but how many days later, if not the next day, does yeah. it feel like it's stiff all over again? Or Kind of like eating one healthy meal a week. That's a great example. And then eating whatever you want the rest of the time. That's a great example. <laughs> so it's not, and a lot of times people ask, like, am I going to have to do this for the rest of my life? No. Again, it varies, but we kind of get always give you two when we're getting to the end or the last day. We give you a maintenance program and we talk about how you kind of maybe titrate down. You throw in your exercise, all those kind of different things. Mm-hmm. It's, it's different depending on the person um, and the goals. I think people sometimes get more like, I don't have an hour to do all this kind of stuff. And again, that just boils back down to education. But yeah. it's yeah. just having that conversation, you know, how often they want you to do it, all that kind of stuff. It's just, not forever. Mm-hmm. Let's just get you mm-hmm. get you in a better place first, and we'll talk about how often. Mm-hmm. Um, but it makes a huge, huge difference. It's not not enough. But just... I, th- I think sh- I think showing up to the appointments and the homework is a very symbiotic relationship yes. because sometimes it's like in my past it's been like oh well just come like three or four times and then I'll just give you exercises to do at home and you'll you'll be fine. Which was which was that. No, <laughs> but yeah. but like this last week when I showed up. <laughs> I did not realize I'd been doing some of the exercises sure. at home wrong. Exactly. And I was just like, this one really hurts. And you're like, it's not supposed to hurt. And, and you're like, show me how you're doing it. And I was, it showed, and you're like, oh, well, that's because your elbow was bent. It was supposed to be straight. And then... Actually the, reversed, but yes. Okay. So you <laughs> I'm glad I'm not the expert. And then the other thing was um, I was using a two-pound weight instead of a five-pound weight. So I was like, I was like, yeah, this exercise just doesn't really do anything for me. You're like, well, it's because it's a two-pound right. weight. Right. So like I, I needed to be, you know, corrected a little bit right. in how I was doing them at home. And, yeah, exactly. So a lot of it's that, making sure we're doing them correctly. So sometimes, again, people have this pain. It's like, well, okay, maybe we did too much or maybe we're just not doing them correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it's a simple tweak. Sometimes it's like, okay, we're just not ready. A lot of it too is progressive loading, which I don't think a lot of people understand is if you're doing them correctly and it was hard for me at the beginning when I was first starting out, like, okay, how do I know how they're going to respond to the exercise I gave them? How do I progress them? And then now it's like, okay, based off of what they looked like last time, you know, doing stuff at home, this should be getting easier, you know, mm-hmm. this kind of thing. And it's not always mm-hmm. you're getting necessarily stronger in a sense of, I'm gaining true muscle strength gains. Sometimes certain exercises should be getting easier. So when you should have been using the five pound and using the two and I'm expecting you to use the five and we're progressing it because, you know, I want to, and that's how we're going to make that difference. If you're not doing it at home and I'm progressing our treatment further, it's not going to get any easier. (laughs) It's not going to get any easier and we're not going to be able to progress Mm -mm. very much if you're not doing the stuff to, to help make that easier, if you will. And you could tell someone 10 times, this is exactly how I want you to do it. You turn your head for one second and they've changed the exercise <laughs> completely. And that's why your head is just on that swivel. And it's just, and I, I, I make this a, a point a lot. It's like, you should know where you should feel every single exercise. And if you don't, I haven't done my job. And again, sometimes it's just, a, you know, saying, have that conversation multiple times. Sometimes something's going to be uncomfortable. Sometimes it really shouldn't be. 
Mm-hmm. And that's a simple tweak of mechanics, yes. if you will. But yes. if you don't know where you should feel it, because that's let's just say we're doing something for the shoulder and you're feeling that in your upper trap, mm-hmm. your neck. So that's not what we're trying to target, yeah. right? So I want, I'm do, giving this exercise for a specific reason, mm-hmm. if we're not doing it correctly, mm-hmm. okay, that might cause more pain or it's just not helping us improve upon the problem. Yeah. Yeah. So the modalities that I use might not be some of the ones that are out there. So we have dry needling. I use that a lot. Um, probably a little bit more than anyone else. Okay, I, I can, that can I interject? Because sure. I am like a I probably huge, should have started with that. I know. I was like, ding, 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 ding. Yes. I'm an absolute huge fan of dry needling. I am too. And Which I, is why I do it. Oh, the relief that yeah. it gives. And I don't. I didn't tell you this. The first time that you dry needled my arm, my both my elbows, yeah. um, I laid there and like tears started welling up in my eyes and all I could do was think about my dog that had passed away last April uh-huh. and I'm just going what is happening to me right now because there was so much activity going on in the room and yeah. I wasn't particularly thinking about her when I came in yeah um I am definitely you know grieving her loss yeah. I have it for 16 years yeah and it's a I big deal. Talk. yeah and you know we do store our emotional pain at a cellular yeah. level like like physically in our bodies mm-hmm. and when that when you needled the elbows it it just it like leached out the uh the pain that yeah. of the grief that I was having over her and I had this like little 10 minute moment with myself I did not even know <laughs> that you didn't even just, tell me yeah I didn't want to like I, I tried to not make it obvious but I was just no. like but I knew what was happening yeah I wasn't like confused and I just let it roll and I'm like okay Mm -hmm. we're just gonna do this for 10 minutes and and I have to say it was very cathartic and I felt much better yeah it surprised me because I've had dry needling I've had acupuncture and I think the first time I did it was your shoulder maybe yeah 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 yeah. and it was just insane the way like it it went right to the heart Mm -hmm. of what was in my heart that day that I wasn't even fully aware of how much it was, you know, missing her was bothering me. Yeah. On to that point, could you explain the difference if there is one between dry needling and acupuncture? Yeah. So there's a couple different uh, differences between, between the two. Um, And if you don't know what dry needling is, a lot of people don't, that's okay. So it's called dry needling for one, because we're not injecting anything. It is a dry, thin needle. It is the same needle you use for acupuncture. Those same needles, there's different ones out there. The the methodology, the method, whatever, if you will, and what we're trying to change or what we think is causing the issue is different. So a little bit Eastern versus Western medicine. Um, acupuncture has been around a lot longer than dry needling has. Um, and some of the research, there's way more research on acupuncture because of that. So some of the research might be pulled from that, but what we're trying to affect is is different. So with acupuncture, um, and again, that's not my expertise, but generally it's, I'm trying to affect the whole body system based off of maybe this chi energy flow. I'm trying, you know, this foot pain is because we're, we're, we need to release this, that, or the other, the, you know, and in general terms there. Um, whereas dry needling is more so this muscle is our problem. I'm attacking that muscle, you know, which is what, what we do, musculoskeletal, right? So I'm not trying to affect your energy, chi, flow, anything like that. I'm going specifically into that area of restriction of that muscle, typically muscle, you know, maybe a little bit of tendon in there. Sometimes uh, there's different types of, of dry needling and you'll hear trigger point or something like that a lot. Um, and there's different types. There's 
active and Leighton, we can get all into the nitty gritty, if you will, but it doesn't always have to have that big muscle contraction, which is the active trigger point. Uh, I, more to the point is you kind of felt like I was going right to the source and that's essentially what it, what it is. Um, and I'm not saying one's more effective than the other without, you know, being biased, but, um, I've seen really, really cool and incredible results. And I tend to just, I don't always jump to that, that first. Um, it's, it's a great tool to have and I just find it kind of helps relieve or up, you know, kind of kickstart our system a little bit better. You were not, not doing well when you first came in and I was mm-hmm. like, all right, we need to get this, we need to kickstart this a little bit. And it, it's not always just, you know, the dry kneeling. I think that's a great tool and better tool, you know, better for certain areas. There are some similarities, but there is definitely differences in just the method and uh, what we're trying to, we're, we're trying to achieve the same thing. We want this to not be painful. We want this to be functional. Mm-hmm. We just go about it differently. Yeah. Same needles though. Massive relief. Yeah. And quick. Yeah, quick. it can be. Absolutely. <laughs> it's not always perfect. So sometimes, you know, like it came back a little bit right, but maybe not as significant or maybe you had a day, three days, whatever relief. Usually we do it a couple times, but there's mm-hmm. different dry needling out there too. And so anyone that's interested, always ask, you know, your therapist, mm-hmm. you know, you can do a little research yourself. Um, there's there's a lot out there. But uh, if someone has like a needle phobia, then maybe uh, you do I like... have it all the time. Yeah, yeah. So what are some things that we do? You would do so for someone them? that has like a needle phobia, I'm not going to needle them. So I'm not I'm not forcing these needles upon anyone. I say why I think it will help them. And that's one of the first questions I ask. Are you afraid of needles? There are certain things that someone's on a blood thinner or something. You know, I'm going to be a little bit more cautious and or not do it. Someone right after surgery, I'm not going to do it, especially around that surgical site. There are definitely precautions with that. Someone that's more scared of needles, I'm not going to needle them because they're not going to have great response. They're going to be muscle guarding. They're going to be super anxious about it. They're already afraid of needles, right? So why introduce that stress into that system? There are again, I can make you feel better without the needles. There are certain situations I would love to use needles, but I don't have to. It's a tool in my tool belt. So I, I come across people all the time. Or sometimes it's like, let's try some other stuff first. And they're like, okay, I'm re- like, let's try the needles. You know, I always, more often than not, I'll bring it up on that first day or something like that. Just sometimes people need to wrap their head around it. It can become addicting, if you will, because it's a huge pain relief more often than not. And natural. But I have had a few people that I just don't do it with because they have needle phobia. I've had one person, one person that specifically had a needle phobia and she now comes in and asks me to do it. Wow. Or when I was doing it, um... It kind of started out as a, as a joke, and this was just one person. I've known her for years, you know, for different things. Especially my kids can be a little bit more apprehensive, and they just don't know what to expect. And after mm-hmm. that, they're open to it. They're just, yeah. you know, a needle. And it's I'm just explaining, hurt. like, how significantly smaller. Sometimes it's just showing them what it looks like. Mm. Sometimes I, I'll physically show them. I'll do it, like, maybe in my forearm or something like that. Just like, this is all it is, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. But just letting them know, like, what to expect. That that tends to help. And then after that's done, they're like, okay, that wasn't as bad as I thought it was at all. Mm-hmm. Someone, like, my... My uh, girl I was telling you about that was scared of needles. It kind of started as a joke. And I was, I just think, you know, we were kind of running out of options. And she needed surgery. And I was trying to give her some pain relief. And I was, uh, these things weren't helping her. And it kind of turned into, I think this would really help you, you know, kind of thing. And just was like, we'd laugh about, you know, it it was not pressuring by any means. But it was just, I truly thought it would help her. But I knew she was really scared of needles. And so I was, you know, never thought it would happen. But one day she finally came to me. It's like, okay, I think I'm ready to try try the needles wow. um it just kind of kind of took worked up the courage to it um and we don't have to do them anymore but she would then come in and ask me to needle and it first started off with like all right let's block your vision let's 
bump up some pillows so you don't have to see them. It was really more about seeing them for her. Okay, so um, adjusting your head height. Yeah, was, just like yeah. putting pillows on her stomach. So I was needling her hip, putting pillows on her stomach so you couldn't physically see the needles and yeah. just letting her know where I would have to mark like on my little app that I was telling you about the chart. Like this is exactly where I'm going. She just wanted to know. She wanted to know where it was going. I had to count down. All right, you ready? Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and, you know, three, two, one. Just so she, I mean, that's sure. what she wanted. And that's yeah. what helped her. Zero um, entry. And then it turned yeah. into like, can you needle this? Can you needle that? Can you needle, you know, it kind of, it's not that her, she ever got over her needle phobia. You know, she just kind of slowly warmed, warmed up to it. And then, um, you know, she saw the benefit and that kind of outweighed mm-hmm. her. Mm-hmm. I would never say she loves needles, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. But uh, yeah. yeah, it was just. Again, that was kind of more of a rare case, but typically if someone doesn't want to, I don't, I never yeah. force that on someone. Yeah. yeah. No, that that's totally fair. Yeah. I think it's a very excellent point that you bring up that um, the person, the, the whole person, mm-hmm. because like that list we read early on and the, the chronic pain mm-hmm. of things like anxiety or grief or work. So somebody might come, but they're bringing like 5% of their game because sure. that's what they've got that day. Sure. And it's great that you can adapt to that. Yeah. And so, sometimes it's, um, I know that like they come in immediately and they're like, I'm just having a, a bad day or oh, I just had a stressful work call. And, and a lot of times you'll hear me say too, it's like, okay, let's, let's check that the door. We can pick it up on our way out. Let's, let's devote some mm-hmm. you know, time. To, you, you made it here. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're here. Let's. Yep. Let's be here. Yeah. And, you know, it's, yeah. you know, some of it's conversation and some of it's like, you want to talk about it or, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. you know, while we're some, mm-hmm. and sometimes it's just like, all right, well, I, I understand if you want to talk about it, I'm here, but there's nothing we can do about it right now. So, so for this next hour, let's check that at the, at the door. Okay. Yeah. And let's, let's have a good, let's have a good session. I think, I think patients, maybe I'll just speak for myself, sometimes have a hard time, um, um, doing that because mm-hmm. it's like it might depend on the person how they feel about themselves might yeah. feel like the the problem that they're having in their life or whatever is is more important or bigger sure. or matters more sure. than their personal well-being and I Absolutely. think that's a journey we should all pay attention to yes. to say no all no the time. like we're important to our yeah. health is important yeah all the time <laughs> so so one you know again you're here Mm-hmm. So you made it here. So if it wasn't important to you, you wouldn't you wouldn't be here. You would cancel whatever. So you've made it here. So let's devote that time to you. Let's, mm-hmm. let's take this hour and it's all about you. Another conversation I have sometimes is you can take care of everyone else, but you've got to take care of yourself. And if you don't care, take care of yourself, for one, you can't take care of anyone else either, mm-hmm. whether that's physically and or mentally. You're, you're there yeah. for them and you're not any help to someone if you're not a help to yourself. So sometimes I do have to tell people, especially parents, you, you got to take care of yourself too. It's not and always, you have to be that's... number one, but <laughs> yeah. sometimes, yeah. Um, or sometimes like you also have to take care of yourself. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, I do have that conversation yeah. frequently. Yeah. yeah. It's something I think a parent, most parents probably learn the long, hard way is that oxygen mask. You got to put it on yourself, you mm-hmm. know, before, so Absolutely. you can help other people. And, Absolutely. And, and it, there's something almost, you know, selfish feeling like I'm going to go and spend an hour on Mm-hmm. Sometimes and, it's like, oh, I get this hour to myself. I and other people like yeah, skipping yeah. in there going, yes, yeah. I'm turning my phone off and yeah. nobody can reach me. Right. You know, it's it's all types, I think, yeah. for sure. Absolutely. Uh, what are some of the myths about PT that people have? Mm-hmm. Like It always has to hurt. That would be the biggest one. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm going to go in there and I'm just, I'm going to hurt. It's going to, it's going to be 
hard. Um, I think that is one of the biggest ones. You might be able to, you know, say more on things that you've heard or, you know, about all of that. But I think the biggest one is just that it's physical torture, if you will. You know, I'm not telling you it's easy by any means. You know, some people, you know, hurt more than others. I think the biggest myth and really the only myth I can think of is just that it has, it has to hurt. You know, it has to be hard. It has to be difficult, all that kind of stuff. And that's not necessarily true, mm. if you will. Yes. Yeah. So if you're already hurting, you don't have to be afraid that it's right. just going to be worse exactly. and worse. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. We're here to make you feel better, not worse. There <laughs> you go. <laughs> There's the tagline yeah. right there. That's right. <laughs> What's the long-term success of physical therapy? I would say, I mean, pretty effective. The whole goal is for you to not have to come back for this issue. So what I find is typically if someone's coming back for this issue, they didn't follow all the way to the end. So a lot of times the, the biggest thing is people get just right there and then they stop. Hmm. And then couple months later, week later, whatever comes back and then here they are. So typically someone that kind of what we call like self discharges through self. Mm. Um, and we have functional measures, you know, certain things that we do to kind of assess where we think we are. Um, we don't, again, just have you come in to hang out, you know, mm. we want you to be better and we don't want this to come back. Mm -hmm. Right. So we want to fix the issue. So this doesn't continue to be a problem. It pops up here and there every once in a while, or again, maybe I'm seeing them again for a new issue. The whole goal was for that fixed and done with. Mm -hmm. So I would say it's pretty successful. There are certain things that, you know, may not be, you know, specific diagnoses, but again, it, all, it again, you've heard it probably 10 times already. It depends. It depends on what they're coming in for, how committed they are, what they're doing outside of here, but I would say very successful all in all. Yeah. 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 And I can testify to that yeah. for sure. <laughs> I know I'm a different person with having yeah. gone through physical therapy for different yeah. parts than having not for sure. What what would you feel is like your most rewarding thing? Um, I would say the most rewarding thing is obviously a patient coming in and is like, oh my gosh, I can do this now. Or, oh my gosh, I can, I can strap my bra on or something. I can wipe my own butt. Like, you know, something yeah. so little. I can shave my armpits. Like something so little to something like... I was able to hike this mountain because of you. You know, like mm -hmm. that is obviously the most re rewarding. Mm -hmm. You being able to directly impact someone doing something they couldn't have without you. Mm -hmm. Could have done it with another therapist. It's not that, but it's just it's feel, it feels good. You know, yeah. right? Obviously, you know, it you're feels part good. of the success. It's part of the success, um, <laughs> and that's like why I do outpatient therapy, just because I see the struggles throughout the whole process, mm -hmm. and I have the creativity to change it up, change different things based off of how that person is. And it could be this person has the same exact elbow pain you have, but you do better with this versus this person. So it's, it's fun in that regard, um, that I have flexibility in different ways of doing different things. I mean, obviously just getting people better is, feels awesome. Mm -hmm. Whether it's like they can now do something simple. Like I just, I can brush my teeth now mm -hmm. to where like I can do this, that, and the other. Thank you so much. I, it has made me a different, you know, per I've heard mm -hmm. different, you know, degrees of it and I don't have to have someone thank me to, mm -hmm. to feel good, yeah. you know, about something when, when someone comes in and says, I feel a little bit better. And I'm like, okay, well don't say that too loud. I don't want to <laughs> hear that you're feeling better. You know, I don't want you, I know you don't want to admit that, but just, you know, knowing something that I've done and not necessarily what I've done, but kind of steered you towards, cause I'm mm -hmm. not doing anything. You're the one doing it. I'm just kind of helping guide you just, mm -hmm. 
feels, it, you know, just like it, it feels good to be right sometimes. Or it feels good yeah. to, like, you know, have yeah. someone have those positive results. Because you obviously don't want someone hurting and miserable. Yeah. And that affects someone with compassion. It affects you, you know. Mm-hmm. Especially when you can't help that person. You want to do everything. And mm-hmm. that sometimes that's just getting you to the person that can help you. Yeah. That's, yeah. You know, it's not pass them off. It's just, like, that's just yeah. the right thing to, to do. That feels just as good as someone that can climb that mountain, too. Mm-hmm. So. When I had the shoulder surgery, um, I was talking to a couple that he was just going through that. He mm-hmm. was he had just had it, like he was still in the the Sling, swing yeah. and all of that. I was like, "So you're gonna do your physical therapy?" And he's like, "I don't really believe in that stuff." And and I said, oh, to, yeah. "I said, well, let me just tell you." And I took my hand on it was cold. I took my hand on my pocket, and I raised my arm like straight up over my head, and I mm-hmm. said. That would not be possible yeah. without physical therapy. I remember after the surgery, like the first time you go to wash your hair and mm-hmm. like to raise your arm and oh, it just I just wept in the shower yeah. and, and then it's in in who that shoulder is today yeah. is that surgery never happened. Right. Like the problem never happened. Right. And I said, Well, I'm just gonna tell you what the physical therapist told me is mm-hmm. whatever your range of motion is after surgery, if you do not work on that, mm-hmm. that is going to be your range of motion right. forever. There's a, kind of a timetable. Yeah. Yeah, how much range you can get. And a lot of it's like you just don't know what to, to expect. Like you don't know what's normal, how to progress, all this kind of stuff. That's our job, obviously, mm-hmm. or we wouldn't be there. Again, sometimes it's just they don't know. They don't mm-hmm. know what physical therapy is. They didn't have someone tell them that they needed physical therapy. I'm sure it happens way more than we think, but... It takes, you know, people like you that just put a little bug in their ear of like, this is what it is. This is how it can help you to take it or leave it. But yeah. I think some people just don't truly, truly know. Yeah, but, I told them, I was, like, they had four little kids. I said, yeah. so do you ever want to be able to like throw your kids over, you know, yeah. up over your head again? Yeah. Do you want to have any pain giving them a bath? Well, the thing is you, you went know? through the whole surgery. <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. let's make it effective, right? So right. the surgery fixed maybe right. the tear of the issue but mm-hmm. it doesn't fix your range of motion no that's that's one of the biggest misconceptions let's say specifically arthritis let's say like a knee replacement or something like that well they went in there and they fixed their arthritis there's no more arthritis but your range of motion is still bad your strength is still bad you still have pain you still you're walking and people think because they fixed it it should just be better and that's just not how it works however long you are going you know having these issues that doesn't fix the flexibility. That doesn't fix the strength. Doesn't do it. it just fixes mm-hmm. arthritis, and that's it. Mm-hmm. To mm-hmm. allow you to kind of go past that stuff, but yeah. that's what people don't understand. I think um, setting those expectations, and sometimes that's all it takes. And then next time they have something come up, they're like, "I need to go to physical therapy because I know it works." <laughs> you know. Yes. So. Well, and when we don't have full range of motion or yeah. flexibility. Now we're start limiting what we're doing. And putting now, more strain on the muscles. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Either we. Either we force it and then we hurt later or sure. we start saying, oh, I can't or I shouldn't. Mm-hmm. And next thing you know, we're like living a life that that's right. not what we want. Not functional. Yeah. Right. And you start to overuse the other side maybe. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah. <laughs> Again, we can come full circle. I think oh, yeah. this is how we started our conversation. So <laughs> It's so true. Yeah. Um, so as we start to wrap up um, here, so what would you say to someone who has listened to what you've had to say today, mm-hmm. which has been excellent, excellent advice. What would you say to someone thinking about it, whether they know they have an upcoming surgery or the chronic issue or whatever, just been like, well, you know, I really never thought about doing it before, but mm-hmm. maybe. So what would you tell them? So what I would say is if you have any questions whatsoever, you can always reach out to me or any physical therapist in general. 
let's say you're gonna have surgery, write down questions as you think about them, ask all those questions. You were not bothering that person to ask them questions. Even if they feel, you know, they seem like they're short, they're in and out, whatever, ask your questions. You have every right and they, that is their job. They're here to answer. If you have any, can this help? Can I do this? What do I expect? Okay, we have people all the time where they're like, I'm gonna have this surgery coming up. What should I be doing beforehand? What, what do I need to have? What, should I come to physical therapy and when? You know, all those types of questions. We have people that call in all the time when we just call and chat with them a little bit, you know, just talk them through what to expect and just help answer any questions that they have. So that is always an option. That would probably be the best thing, but um, there's just so much out there, resources out there, that podcasts out there, you know, physical therapy centered in general, you know, just just ask questions. So Could it doesn't hurt. Could you give us a few more examples of questions if someone wanted to ask? Like Types of questions to ask or how to, okay. So things such as, would physical therapy be appropriate for me? I'm having this or who's a good surgeon to go see for this i have this coming up what types of things do i do i need to be prepared for like do, what do i need whether that be ice machine assistive devices sh- shower to- you know certain things that will make their life easier for you know an upcoming surgery that would That's be great. uh common questions to ask for sure we'll ask all the time like oh does my insurance cover all that okay let me t- have you talk to our front desk staff <laughs> Any questions at all that you that you have, whether it's appropriate for you, what to expect. You know, some of that is like, all right, we got to, how long will this take? It's like, all right, we got to take a look at you first and see what you got going on. Um, and we'll always be upfront, you know, honest with that stuff as well. Any question that you can think of, don't be afraid to ask. That does not bother us. We can absolutely answer those questions. If we feel like we, we don't truly know, maybe we can point you in the direction that, that can. So whether that's other resources or just ways that we can help you in general. Yeah. Yeah. So literally there's no question that's irrelevant, I guess you could say. Well, you guys are definitely a a wealth of information, really. It's like, I sometimes think, I wish I had all that knowledge of a physical therapist in my head about like, oh, if something feels a little weird today, I'm just, I'm going to do these Mm -hmm. exercises. It Mm -hmm. would be so cool just to like know all that. I'm going to tell you right now, there's only so much knowledge in fitness. I've I've forgotten all my other... uh, you know, civics information and everything else. So, uh, it's yeah. okay. You're focused and that's, yeah. that's what we want. If someone can teach me, you know, finance, business, hey, I'm all ears as well. So, uh, you know, it goes both ways, that's but, uh, funny. but it is, is quite the tool to have yeah. for sure. And having an open line of communication to ask those questions yeah. is, is really, really helpful. Really great. Absolutely. Yeah. How can someone contact you? Um, the best way to contact me um, is my email address, especially if it's, you know, any questions or work-related. That would be Ashley, A-S-H-L-E-E, at Architect, just not spelt like the architect, you know, as in uh, building things. It is A-R, well, I'm going to have to write this out. Where <laughs> there it is, A-R-C-H-I-T-E-C-H, um, architectsports.com. So, again, that's Ashley at architectsports.com. All right, we'll um, put that in the show That's notes. the best way, and you can always give us the call at our main line, and they can always put you in contact with me as well. If the phone's just easier to talk about, and that could be, you email me, hey, can you, I have some questions about this. If you have a good time, mm-hmm. you know, here's my number, you can call me, that kind of thing. Both are, both are open for communication, so. But I work in this specific, uh, the Blitney uh, location, but we have five all over, going all the way up to University, Cornelius, Mooresville area, Indian Trail, we have Pineville, we have one in the Valentine area as well. Hopefully I'm not forgetting, oh, Baxter. We have them all over the place, so know that that's, that's 
open for you if Blakeney's not close. It doesn't matter the state. There, there's someone out there for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Thank you so much Absolutely. for your time today. And, and, I, and I hope that listeners will continue to ponder the mind and body and spirit connection of when you're in physical pain, you know, yes, there can be solutions for it. And um, maybe so, what are some of those root causes of it? And, and if, if, it's, um, if it's a physical root cause, track that down and, and get to the bottom of that. And if it's a mental or an emotional cause, you know, please consider that as well and, and seek the appropriate help for that. Um, because when, when we're living a pain-free life, we, we can live in freedom and enjoy increases and wouldn't you say like a, a pain free life is just going to make your whole day pretty much oh, better absolutely pain just can be so debilitating um mm-hmm. in many different ways so mm-hmm. and if you don't know how to get you there someone does so someone will eventually point you to the right person maybe that takes this person to this person to this person they'll get you there just keep asking just keep asking. Just keep asking. And and don't don't give up on yourself or on Absolutely. the hope of progress. That um, just keep pounding. Keep Absolutely. Doing it. <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks again, Ashley, for your time. No it has problem. been so Anytime. fun. <laughs> I, I enjoyed it. I I I'm, as you can see, I'm a little bit passionate about physical <laughs> I love therapy. It. So any any way I can extend the reach, just help people understand. Yeah. You know, I, more than willing to. Well, I've learned a lot today, and great, I know everyone great. else listening has too. Wonderful. So thanks again for uh, all the listeners, and we'll see you next time. The information provided in this podcast is for educational and informational purposes only. It should not be construed as medical advice or a substitute for medical advice. Thanks again for listening to Real Deep Stuff. Follow and subscribe to save your seat at the table for the next conversation. Also, check out our Facebook page to continue the conversation on today's topic. We'll see you there.